0: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot
1: com slash for the love. My mom and dad were very grounding and they were very much like whatever decisions you make, even if you don't make the decisions, your name is on the bottom line. So make sure that you're following your gut. And somewhere along the way early, probably my mother, basically like you're young, but you, your gut is right. And when I first moved to Nashville, you want a record deal so badly. You want, there are people saying you need to wear this, you need to sing this, you need to, and if you can, and this is my best advice I give to young artists is, you know what's right for you. Even when you're young and you think everybody knows more than you, you do know that, listen to that voice inside because it knows.
0: Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the For the Love Podcast. We're in a series called For the Love of Comfort and Joy, which has been so sweet. I think I was just so in the mood for sweet. And this whole series has just been lovely but today, you guys, <laughs> over the moon about our guest today for so many reasons. <laughs> if you came of age with 90s, country, particularly the women, 90s women country artists. Today's your day. My guest today is arguably, and I'm long time on record, this is not new for me, of being my tip-top favorite on the list of these women. Women like, or like all of her contemporaries and colleagues were our women too. Faith, Allison, Shania, Martina, Jody, Reba, like, these were the women who sang us through new independence. They sang us through young adulthood. They sang us through sometimes young marriage and young parenthood. And those years, like when I think about the nineties, I entered the nineties as a junior in high school. And I exited the nineties married and with a baby and a college degree and a second one on the way. Like that's a big 10 years, 16 to 26. Those were formative years. And these women, it's like they spied on all of us and stole all of our thoughts and experiences and then wrote songs about them. Right. I saw myself in the reflection of all of this music through high school into those like, fun, exciting, vibrant college years. I mean, the amount of times me and my girlfriends went down to the beach in college with our jam box and we played these songs at the top of our lungs. We did feel like a woman, man. It's like all this music is attached to some of those years for me. And so it just went like this. And so leading the pack for me, I think this The artist that I I would just pull out of the fray and say, she's the one, like she's the one, something about her music, something about this, her song choices. I think it's the the way in which she delivers it. In addition to her, in my opinion, the perfect, clearest, purest, truest voice. No one does it better. (laughs) No one has ever done it better for me. And that's Trisha Yearwood. Uh, have I loved her for so long? And she's on the show today, and we just couldn't be more tickled. Like, <laughs> it's not just me, Amanda and Laura at our production team. We love her. We've been trying to get Trisha on the show for so long. But really, what that means is I've been trying to get Trisha in my life. That's really what I mean. And so she's on, and we are dishing about food and holiday traditions and Christmas music, like, with the spectacular Trisha Yearwood, what is going on here? And so if I don't need to tell you about Trisha Yearwood, I mean, (laughs) I told her this. If you guys don't know about Trisha Yearwood's credentials, you don't deserve to listen to this episode, all right? I'm going to touch down on it, but like this is almost embarrassing. We don't have to explain Trisha Yearwood, all right? But let's just say if there is an award she's won it, it would be easier for me to find an award she hasn't won, the Grammys, the CMAs, they're all, she has them all tons of like multi-platinum certifications she's entertained and performed in front of millions and millions and millions of people she is a obviously a singer she's an actress she's an author she's a chef she's a really incredible entrepreneur she's created 12 studio albums to date her show on the food network trisha southern kitchen is an emmy award-winning show I mean, she just wins She's already written three New York Times bestselling cookbooks, out of which she designed cookware, furniture, home accessories, area rugs. Like, what doesn't she do? What doesn't she do? She has a new cookbook just out called Trisha's Kitchen. It's packed with comfort foods, which are my favorite, and family recipes. Plus, for those of you who are in like sweet space, tons of sweets. Like, that's one of her best genres. Her darling sister, Beth, is just waiting in the wings today on this show. So we keep talking to Beth. Like she's there cause she is there. And if you've watched Trisha's show, you, you already know Beth. This interview is so, I love it. I love her. I love who Trisha is in the world. And I told her this in the, in the show, but I'm like the through line of Trisha being Trisha all the way decade after decade is solid. Like she never bent to some thing she was supposed to be or do or say she didn't like change up who she was. She's just been who she is all this time. And that's, I respect and admire it so much. Her longevity is impressive. Her body of work is elite. And she deserves every good thing that has ever happened to her, every award that has ever come her way. And she is just as good as you hope. She's just as good sitting down on a couch, talking nonsense with me. And so I could not possibly be happier to share my conversation with my favorite person, Tricia, you're with Okay. Well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Hi, Trisha. <laughs> Trisha. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to meet you. And I'm like long time on record. Trisha as being like your girl. So the longest fan that I can I, I I win. I win the prize. I'll give you the prize. If Thank you. I don't know what the prize is, but I do want it. I don't either, but I will, it, you will, I will figure that out and you will get it. You will receive it in the mail. Okay. Let's workshop that. I have some right, ideas. Happen. So <laughs> okay. I'll shoot them over to Megan. Great. And we'll see what we can come up with. Okay. It was actually dumb to do your introduction on the show. Cause I'm like, essentially, if you don't know everything about church Airwood, you don't deserve to listen to this episode. <laughs> so just move it along. I'm not rolling it out. Okay. Nothing to see. You have a You have a computer in your hand, go figure it out and also get your life together. So we're about to move into food, which, you know, you and I share, I just have to, I have to tell you, I have to tell you because we're talking and I'm looking at you, how much you and your music have meant to me for my whole adult life. I just have loved you for so long and your, your, your comeuppance in the nineties, in my opinion, that was the, that was it. There's the golden era, particularly for women in country. And it has never been matched Uh, Really, with all the love to the current artists. You were in the magic zone. Did it feel like that to you? Am I just being moony and dreamy because you were ours? I don't think so.
1: First of all, thank you for saying all of that. I mean, I, uh, because I'm a fan of music. So I have the same, like I have the same thing. And I totally did this to Lena Ronstadt when I met her, I told her. I just said everything but I needed to say because she was that person for me. She and Amy Lou and Bonnie Raitt. I mean, that those are my girls. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like in the 90s, it was a magical time. If you were if you were making country music in the 90s, you were selling records. It That's was right. You know, people actually bought physical records in the day. And it was just such a such a good time. And, you know, I kind of took a little break when I moved to Oklahoma and married the cowboy. And then when I came back and made a record, the first interviews were like, what do you think about the fact that females aren't getting played on country radio? And I'm like, what? I had not even really paid attention. And I think that was also, you know, Reba kind of led the way of showing record labels that women could sell tickets, they could sell. That's records. right. And it's all about money, you know. And so when that happened, oh, of course. they started signing a bunch of, of girls. And I mean, really powerhouse vocalists like Martina and Faith. And Dina Carter and Pam, uh-huh. Stevens, Susie Bogger. Jody. Yeah, Jody. All of them. And so mm-hmm. I think I think it was a magical time. And I mean, I try not to feel, I am mean, i 57. I try not to look back and feel old about it, but there is a nostalgia there. And what's really cool for me is that the girls now who are the next generation grew up on music, like you. And so it's fun to come be a mentor because they think the nineties are like everything. And so it's kind of fun to kind of be the like, yeah, I was there. You weren't born yet, but I was there. It's fine. <laughs> You weren't
0: even a thought in your mom's head, but you'd find it later. And they have, they have found it. It's interesting. I'm just a little bit behind you. I'm 47. Just a little bit behind me. That's a little, we're, we're peers. We're the same age. You know, like once you cross a threshold, everyone's the same to me. If you're 47 or 70, we're the same age. And I'm also immature. So that counts for something. (laughs) I, I mean, I obviously am too. So I keep getting to skew down yeah. just based on maturity level, but it is interesting too. I bet you see this kind of in your, in your ecosystem, especially now that you have, you have so many slivers in the pie chart where people can on road to the Trisha Yearwood space, but the young girls they're talking to me about your songs that I freaking sang through college. Like it's news to me. I'm like, sister, sit down, you <laughs> sit down. I'm gonna, you need to pull up a chair to our table. We've been here, but it's fun to watch them discover you because it was that nineties magic and beyond not just nineties, of course, but I don't know if this is too idealistic, but to me, your music felt a, a little bit more pure, a little bit more on the nose, less bells and whistles. (laughs) It's a lot going on right now. It's sometimes I'm just like, everybody relax. Just relax into your music. Give us your music, like sing it to us. Let us live inside of it without having to impress us with all this random stuff. And so to me, we got to just be with you in your music.
1: I think a lot of that also has to do with the time that we were nurtured as artists and encouraged to be ourselves. We weren't, when we went in to make a record I didn't, I didn't have anybody going, well, I need to hear your songs first. And you need to have this many, and we're not going to put an album out on you. We're just going to put a single out and see how it does. And if it doesn't do well, like the pressure and the, and, and all of that is so, and there are still artists, female artists who come through that, who the genuine pokes through, but I think harder and harder. And that's why when I hear somebody like an Ashley McBride, I'm like, all right, she's in the club, but she gets it because I I think it's, I think it's tough, but I, I agree with you that I was never pressured and maybe a little bit, you know, cause I know when my first single, when she's in Love the Boy went to number one, everybody thought, oh, she's going to be like, everything's going to be commercial. Everything's going to be a, a, a hit. And I'm like, mm, I actually want to be Lena Ronstadt. So some things will be maybe go number one, but, but also there has to be other songs like Hearts and Armor. There have to be things that balance. That's right. And also that's a product of that. No one listens to a whole album anymore. Again, I sound old. That's right there's a reason all those songs are on there and they're not all meant to be radio singles. They're a, a, a full body of work.
0: Well, you are to be commended for holding the line because you did. I can only imagine at your level, you know, at your level of success, even especially in real time, as it was rolling out and you couldn't write a bad song, you couldn't sing a bad song. There wasn't one that wouldn't rise up the charts. I can imagine that even then the pressure to sort of bend and conform a little bit to do a thing, like to, to, to do the thing was probably still on your shoulders and you didn't do it. Like you, you have been you forever. You, the through line of Trisha Yearwood is one of the most consistent things I've ever watched. It's so admirable. Like I respect, I'm a creative in a different way, but I respect it as somebody who gets pressure to, to be a thing, to be a, a type. And so that has to feel good to you at this point in your career to be like my integrity held the whole time, no matter what, because you could have zigged left when you zigged right. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's really a testament to a, how I was raised. My mom and dad were very grounding and they were very much like whatever decisions you make, even if you don't make the decisions, your name is on the bottom line. So make sure that you're following your gut and somewhere along the way early, probably my mother, basically like you're young, but you, your gut is right. And when I first moved to Nashville, you want a record deal so badly. You want. There are people saying you need to wear this, you need to sing this, you need to, and if you can, and this is my best advice I give to young artists is, you know, what's right for you. Even when you're young and you think everybody knows more than you, you do know that, listen to that voice inside because it knows. And I always just thought if I, people would say, oh, this is a hit, you need to record it. I'm like, first of all, you don't know. It might not be, we don't know. No one has that magic ball. And secondly, if it is a big hit and I hate it, then I get to sing it every night for the rest of my life. I hate it. And if you literally, honest, forever. It, then I just sold my soul for absolutely no reason. So I'm glad. See, what I get to do as a writer,
0: I can do a complete flop. It can be a disaster. It can be, I can outgrow it. I can have outpaced whatever weird thing that I wrote that one day, that one Tuesday, eight years ago or whatever. And I could just leave it behind because books have a shelf life. Music, music is forever like you are going to be singing this song remembers win, at your own funeral so <laughs> there is no it's escape <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be shout out to astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples guys it's already allergy season in texas my yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air so i decided allergies will not win this year so i tried astapro it has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster bro So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to Astaproallergy.com for a discount. So you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go let's move to food because I was tickled because for everybody listening before we started courting, you're like, my sister's here to see you. And you pull her on camera. I'm like, like, I don't know your sister. Like I've seen every episode of your cooking show. I feel like she's my sister. So, um, <laughs> she's America's favorite sister. I, just what I call her. It's You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. You really got
1: a good egg in that one. I do. It's cool to have somebody in the kitchen with you a lot. I'd have her on every episode if I could, but that- that has has the same history, you know. We we have the same memories, and there's we're it. We're the we're the only two in our family, so. We are the ones who hold all the memories.
0: It's cool. That's right. That magic shines through. What's your, th- what's your take on your cooking show? It's completely, I mean, we're not, you're not new here anymore at this point. It's so established and beloved, but that was a pretty different genre for you to dip your toe into, which is actually really, really hard. It's hard to cook on camera. It is, you make it look easy, but it's not easy. And to be talking the whole time and your brain is thinking and you're, I don't even know, it, people don't know. So
1: was it like a, a slow burn for you? Yeah, the, the, I mean first of all, I wrote a book with my mother and my sister for fun. I had no idea it would be a success. Had no idea that a cooking show would come calling. In. At first, I said no for like 2 years because I was like, I feel like adding the butter is like, I don't know, that, that would be fun for me. Like I just don't understand that <laughs> would be someone to do. And honestly, yeah. the network said, you can do 6 episodes. If you hate it, you don't do anymore. Yeah. If low you stakes. Do it, you don't get to do anymore. <laughs> so, sure. Um, sure. So I did that. The season one was six episodes, and I, it was just fun because they let me have my sister, my my uncle Wilson, who was who's gone, now was there, family friends, and that made me more comfortable in the kitchen. I do remember the first season the director was like, "You need to smile when you're chopping." And I'm like, <laughs> okay. See, this is what I'm saying. This is not normal." We don't smile when we're chopping. This is a skill set that has to be learned. It is. But then what happens is you get so used to smiling while you're chopping that for the first couple of weeks after you film the show at home, you're alone in your kitchen and you're smiling and you're, and you're by yourself and you're going, coming up, I show you. And then you're just like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> my, I've been lucky too. That my oh, brothers, they let me be me. So we were one of the first shows that even showed outtakes because at first it's like, you know, you'd never see Ina Garten drop an egg on the floor, right? That's no, you what wouldn't. Happened. You're going to see that in no, because it happens and we yeah. show it. And so I think that's one of the things that makes it work is that most people cook like I do. Most people aren't chefs and most people make that mistake. They drop the eggshell in the mixer with it running, even though your mother told you never to break the eggs in the bowl and we show all that. And I think that's part of what makes it, you know, people relate to it.
0: What's your um, show rhythm? I'm friends with a lot of your colleagues, a lot of the food network girls, and everyone does it really differently. Like re told me one time that she, they shoot about a day and a half for one episode. And Joanna told me, she's like, I give them two hours If they can't get in two hours they don't have an episode I'm like all right everybody does their own thing here
1: what how long does it take you at this point because
0: you've it's a well-oiled machine yeah at first it was
1: not you know it was definitely like 14 hour days and like you know you're just like I can't and so we we really we now shoot about an episode a day but we get it done within like I'm usually out by 4 30 in the afternoon so it's not like day. Because I think at first I was like, she has to, we have to go from start to finish. Cause she won't be able to understand if we have to shoot out of order. And I'm like, I, I can do that. Like if it saves us time, I'm also now a producer on the show and I'm a Virgo. So I'm really a nightmare. So I'm like, this is not efficient. Here's how we're going to do it. So I have input, which is good. But sometimes we'll get two in a day, depending on like we, we shoot everything in the kitchen. And then if we're doing like a field piece where we're going out somewhere that might like, we might have field day. So, so shooting field pieces for several episodes and that just keeps everything flowing. Totally. That's when they show you a picture. This is what you were wearing. Go put it back on, you know, exactly. go put this back on. This is how your hair looked. And season one, they were like, a lot of our talent just does their own hair and makeup and brings their own clothes. And I'm like, well, I'm not Giada and I can't do that. You have to, I need a team. I can't well, imagine maybe. if I had to do my own hair and makeup and bring my own dress myself new. <laughs> no, um, thank you. <laughs> no, listen, I say this all the time.
0: I didn't mean to do anything that I'm doing. I, I, I thought I was just going to be a writer. And then you, people want to look at you. They want you to be on a camera. Or they want you to talk about things in front of crowds. And so I am just so forever just saying, I did not sign up for that. I need so many helpers. I need so many helpers to get me like half presentable or I'll just be in a dirty bun with like, whatever,
1: just whatever. I just don't have this gene. And so I don't either. I don't either. I really yeah, don't. I don't. I would be totally, I'm like the, yeah, I can go another day. I don't know how many days it's been since I washed my hair, but I can go another day. Yeah. That is why Jesus invented dry shampoo. Like why is this confusing?
0: So <laughs> I, 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 I know, know. <laughs> I completely know what you mean. We need some help. I want to talk about your cookbook. This is your third. Is this your third fourth. or it's your fourth? Golly, you're doing it. You I you never thought they doing it. Two. I don't even know what's happening. What do you think of the, about this genre? I wrote a cookbook, you know, you, we talked about it. I wrote a cookbook. That was my first one. I, okay. I'm going to just say that I'm not going to lead the witness. I want to hear
1: what your cookbook writing experience is like. Do you enjoy this? I do.
0: I oh, yeah, do because,
1: too. because I'm I'm not great. Like I've written some songs, but I'm not, I don't feel like that's my strength. So most of my, my big hits have all been written by somebody else. So rhyming's not my thing, but telling a story, I can tell a story. And so when I went to write the first book, the publisher said, well, we'll assign you a writer. They'll interview you and you can, and then we'll put it in your own words. And I said, well, I was an A student and I was pretty good in English. So let me, give me a shot. And if you hate what I write, then we'll go down that path. And I wrote like, you know, a treatment of what I would do. And they said, we love it. Write the book. I had no idea. It was like a story for every recipe and the intro. man! I really didn't know what I was signing up for. But now that I've done it, I'm proud because it's in, it is my book. It's you. It's you. You know, when they said, you, you know, you use favorite too much. I'm like too bad. Like, this is who I am. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> I use the word favorite way too much. And then oh, I, I, and I had a really hard editor on the first book and I, it taught me so much. So it's because that will change, you know, and you might have somebody that is scared of you. Like, and so you have to have that voice in your head telling you to be better and to, and you're a writer. So you get it way more than I do, but I, I love it. And I actually thought, because I've, I've heard authors say, Oh, I, I didn't, I wrote the first two books and then I just don't, I just don't, I don't have time anymore. I don't want to be that. So if I, so if I can't do it, I I won't, you know, so it's been been a minute since I had a book out because it took me a while. And in this last year, when we were all sitting at home, I spent the first couple of months on the couch down the rabbit hole of depression. And then I was like, then I was like the person who said they were going to clean all the things and I didn't do it. Oh, sure. No, I did that for about four days. <laughs> yeah. I meant it for those four days. I was so serious. <laughs> and then I thought this would be a good time to, to put this book together. And that's what I did. Maybe in some ways it's the most personal because really other than my sister really helping me and, and my friend, Michelle, who's who helped me develop some things. I was home. So I did it all. And I, so I, I'm really, really happy with it.
0: Mm it's such an interesting combination writing a cookbook between, well, what felt like to me, 700 million hours in the kitchen, just everything was in test kitchen. And I, you and I are similar in some ways in that I'm kind of an imprecise cook. Like I'm not, I'm a home cook. I'm not a Trained, I have no culinary experience. I should not be doing this. This is my point. Same. So they handed us the buy our, books, buy our books, but also we don't know what we're doing. Also, we're very unqualified. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I just wrote it. I went straight beginning to end, wrote the thing, sent it in, and my editor bless her, bless her, bless her. She's just like, mm. first of all, I've never ever read a cookbook in such a clear voice. Second of all, I've never had this many swear words in a cookbook. So I'm going to, I'm going to workshop that. And then she's like, I'm third of all, you just can't say continuously, like add some salt. You just have to have an amount. You have to, I'm like, but it's just some, you know, you sprinkle it and then you taste it. She's like, let's start at the beginning. So
1: <laughs> I had to learn to get precise. The editors make you. Yeah, they do. My on the first book a lot of things weren't written down. My our mother was like, We were just showing telling people how to make fried chicken. And I said, well, We need to tell people how long to cook it. And she says, Well, you cook it till it sounds right. I'm like, Mom, like I get that. I understand that. But America will not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <So> we're <laughs> it is yes. it is difficult. And it and it really still is like, I always say if I'm talking to somebody through a recipe, I'm like, especially with savory it's a guideline. Like you can change things up, use what you like. If you don't like collard greens, use spinach or whatever. Like don't be afraid to make it your own. And I think we were also like, Oh my gosh, I have to follow the recipe, you know, precisely totally. more so in baking. You you can't really That's true. far outside the box on baking, but, or you'll have a nightmare dish, but yeah, it, I'm with you. And I think that makes it more accessible for people who think they can't cook. Totally. I
0: wrote a whole intro to the cookbook and I was like, here's your rules. Stop asking, did I do this right? I'm like, taste it. Do you like it? You did it right. That's it. Like everybody, this is a guideline at best. Like you're in charge of your own kitchen. I will not make this recipe that I wrote with my hands the same way the next time. So Lex it out. Now, when you talk about sweets because this is your, this is your genre. I mean, you are really good at baking and sweet food, and there's a lot of that in your in your new cookbook for sure. Can I tell you, I'm not. I put a dessert chapter in the cookbook. It has one entry: one creme brulee. I'm like, that's it.
1: If you want another dessert that's, that's not creme brulee, drink not, some drink champagne. Really hard to make. You don't, you only need one if it's that one. That's an amazing. I don't I don't know how to make creme brulee. Look at you. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept you. this. Take it. Own it. I'll send you the cookbook so you can learn how to make crème brulee.
0: Great. <laughs> right. I'll post about it. Yes. But you are good at sweets. You are really, really good at sweets. And so I would like to talk about your cookbook and some of your, like, I hate when people ask me this. So I'm sorry to be doing it to you, but great. Your fave, yeah. some of like your favorite. Right. I'm going to turn it right around and do the thing I hate. Some of your faves. Like, particularly in the sweet genre, because, you know, we're, we're steering into holidays and this is what we're all thinking about. So what did you love? Did you create some?
1: Did you pull some old favorites? So first of all, my sister and I get it honest, our mother was a great cook, great savory cook, but she also made wedding cakes and birthday cakes and things on the side when we were little kids, when we were not old enough to go to school, she wanted to be home with us. She was a teacher. So for those five or six years before I went to first grade, she did this on the side. So she made, she was amazing at everything she did. Train's coming. And, um, uh, I live by one. I'm in an old fashioned little town. I love, I don't even hear that by the way. I love a train. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to me. (laughs) (laughs) So we of get it honest. And I think we baked like cookies and stuff like that, but for this book and also because of the show having to have like an appetizer and a, and a main and a dessert, I, there's a lot more desserts that, than I would probably normally have. But sometimes I'll go to bed at night. One of my favorite ones is called a double stuffed brownie in this book. Because I went to bed going, my mom had a brownie recipe that is so good because it's not overly syrupy sweet. And so I thought, what if you figured out what was in the Oreo (laughs) in the middle and put that between two brownies? And so it's like, then, you you know, like, I don't know why I have a weight problem, but that's why I woke up (laughs) the next day and was like, I'm going to figure this out. So somehow that sometimes that's how it's done, and then sometimes like Beth and I went to a family reunion in South Georgia, and we had this pound cake that was like I had a million pound cakes as a Southern lady, and of course so tender and so yummy, and so we got that recipe from a cousin. So like they they just kind of come from everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do that too, especially now that I'm writing cookbooks. I mean, I'll pull, I'll pull a manager of a restaurant over to me and be like, is it possible for me to, for you to email me this recipe? And he's like, this is a weird request. I'm like, I just, I need to know how you made this hot honey and I need specifics. And he's like, wow, lady, just pay your tab. Just pay the tab by the, by the way, to your sentence that you just said a minute ago, I will hand you and you can borrow this. This is a statement that one of my best friends made a decade ago. I have this tight group of friends. We're insane. And we're, workshop one more time. Like, how are we going to get back in our jeans guys? Like who will help us? Our friend Shauna's like, listen, our lives are too fun to be skinny. I'm like, there it is. Put it on a t-shirt. That's my, that's my
1: mantra. Okay. Where do you live? I'm coming over. Cause we have to be best friends now. <laughs> oh, where are your people? I'll be in a couple hours. I'll be there. Listen, gonna the day I'm going to
0: lay down my chips is never so I don't care. I don't care how many
1: cameras I have to be on. I'm like, this is what it is, folks. I'm just saying you gotta live your life and it gets better. I will say, cause you're such a young, tender age, but like 50, 50 for me was the, the year of like, I'm 50 and I'm smarter, sexier, more fabulous. Like you have to tell yourself these things because at the end of the day, you're going to be like, Oh, I, I didn't have pumpkin bread. I'm so, I'm so glad as I'm, you know, don't look really natural and my coffee. You know, so it's like, I'm really skinny. I'm just I I'm with you on that. Uh-huh. I have, I've you know, we Let's all have live. Kids, but I've made peace with that. i am just trying to trying to feel good and not worry about all the things because you're never gonna be I know you have this with your friends, like I can sit with a group of women and we're all different. Everybody's a different size, shape, age. Totally. Everybody has something about themselves that they don't like and they think they're just and it's like we gotta stop doing that. We gotta help each other not do it. Cause it's so our, true. Our voice, the things you tell yourself become the could think things you really believe about yourself and I'm the
0: worst. It's so mean. We're so mean to ourselves. I am so generous to everybody around me. I love my how they look. I love their bodies. I love everything about them. I think they're so fabulous. I think they're the hottest they've ever been. And then I go internally and it's like the meanest girl that ever lived in there. Yeah, so I know we got to do better. You you're you're so not nice to yourself. <laughs> I'm like <Yeah. laughs> I know, you know, you know who we'd like to be. We'd like to be these men. We want to be Garth and all the men in the world who just like get to walk around in their faces. They don't have to put anything on it. That's just how they woke up and they just go out and they get to live and they think they're awesome and they're right. It's, so that's true. how can we be them? I don't know. I'm going to ask him tonight. I'll get back to you on that. See what he thinks. See oh, what his like, how do you just get to walk around and be awesome all the time, Garth, oh. without just trying real hard, just put a hat on and you're done and you're done. So, okay getting close to wrapping up here. Let's talk really quickly though, because you and Garth recorded a Christmas album together. First of all, I'm dead. So that's, this is my, I'm, this is my ghost. (laughs) Second of all, how was it? Like, what was the experience like? Do you both
1: love Christmas music? Did you drag him into this or vice versa? Well, we both love Christmas music. And we've, okay. we've been talking mm-hmm. about, we, you know, oddly have never made a duet album together. We've done some duets, but there's not a full album. And we thought it's really not as easy as you think. because It's hard enough as a solo artist to find 10 or 12 songs you love. So to find 10 or 12 songs that you both love, and then with different registers that you can sound good on and sing as a duet and try not to use all those things. So he had this great idea to do this Christmas album where we have duets on it and then we also have solo performances within the album so i got to sing hard candy christmas you know and on my own and then we did some stuff together so it, and then he did some things on his own so it was really fun and you know you always make a christmas album in the summer and i love christmas so you get to decorate we had a fire going we had everything was lit we had a christmas tree so it was really a great great experience we it was so much fun you just there's a little less pressure on a Christmas album, I think, than a regular. Album. So it just, it was all good things. I would love to do it again. What's it called? It's called Christmas Together.
0: That's real sweet.
1: It's real sweet. We're it's real sweet. Together.
0: <laughs> Y'all are real sweet together. It's not like the whole world's watching you, like starry eyes. Just <laughs> act normal when you guys go out, because we're all normal around you. It's just Trish and Garth. Okay, wrap up. Just off the top of your head. We're in a comfort and joy series on the show. where just... Wrapping our heads around everything that we love about the season. So, what is either your favorite like Christmas tradition, or maybe a new one you're starting? Either way,
1: favorite one is I'm married into a family with three daughters, so I I inherited I'm a bonus mom, and so I was terrified, and still generally I'm terrified. But Garth and I started a tradition with them when they were little because we've been married for almost 16 years of decorating the tree together. So that became the thing with me that we did, and now that they're all grown, they're all in their 20s. And they're all scattered about, but we don't decorate our tree until all of us can be together, even, even now. And so we'll have our tree up, but it won't have an ornament on it until we can get all three girls together. And we'll do that. So that's, that's something that's become, and and I found that what's cool is that they, it means something to them, which I thought it does decorate the tree. Like, no, you can't decorate the tree. We all get together. Well, that's
0: very precious. That's very, I have a whole tree decoration thing too. It is not changeable. It's not changeable. It is what it is. It's baked in to the family vernacular. They're going to be 45 years old coming home and having to still do it with me. So that's so sweet. This is the last question. And I actually asked this of all my guests. This came from a priest that I love, an Episcopalian priest. Oh, we were just talking about Bishop Curry. She's in his genre, Barbara Brown Taylor. Please answer this however you want, because we get every kind of answer to this. Like sometimes people will say things like pickled beets. And sometimes people will say things like, God. So this the answers can run the gamut is my point. What is saving your life right now? I want to say God
1: and picklebees, but I won't. I'll say, <laughs> which is actually they've been, they've been chosen. You have to do something else. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm a very spiritual person. Beth, my sister moved here in April and we've not lived in the same town since we were in high school. And she's my person. And so honestly, having her close, especially in a time that is so Uncertain, so tumultuous. There's so much going on that, that can just take you down the hole. We talk a lot about how if we didn't have faith, we would not get up in the morning. But having each other, even even if we don't talk about anything serious, is just has been such a blessing to me. And I can't imagine life without her. So right now, she's she's sitting there and doesn't know this, but she's actually the one who's saving my life right now. Yes, <laughs> Beth,
0: you That's made it time. in. You made it.
1: Let me describe it. It's true.
0: I have two sisters and a brother and we all live right here and I would die without them. Yeah. It's so
1: it's important. Yeah. You know, when we were young, when or the generation before us, people lived closer to their families and sure, we're all scattered in the wind and that's fine because it's all fun to go do your thing. But that importance of having that, of having some kind of family, even if, if it's not family by blood, having your tribe, yeah, it's, that's so, right. it's so important.
0: I couldn't agree more. Okay. Well, I love you. I love and you. And that's just how it's gonna be. It's gonna so, right.
1: and I, I'm sorry, but now we're friends and this is to be continued. And you know, if you won't freely give me your information, I will stalk you.
0: I will. And unfortunately for you, as we were scheduling our interview, somehow in the mix, your cell phone got put in there and I have it. So sorry about
1: that. Text sorry, me. not sorry. Will you text me? I'll text you. <laughs> Jeremy, will you text me? <laughs> Call me Jen.
0: I will text you. I will text you.
1: You're awesome. Thank you for
0: being who you are, Trisha, And just everything that you have brought to bear on us for decades is, it matters. It's meaningful. You've sung us through. You're like our leader. You're, well, you feel like our friend. You have got that special magic.
1: And I'm just so thankful for you. I really genuinely am. Oh, I love that. And also congrats to you because I think you need to understand that you are a voice that we need and you represent realness and all the things that we all feel and so it's your your voice is really important and what you're doing is great and you never know where you're going to end up and I'm just I'm glad this is where you are so
0: you are so right about that
1: okay it kisses to you Hey, you guys <laughs> have a
0: good day All right, guys. (laughs) I feel like I did okay. (laughs) I was so excited to talk to her. (laughs) I didn't. I know I didn't. I'll go back and listen to it and be like, hat maker, dial it down. Like, do better. Uh, Aren't you so pleased when the people that you love are just wonderful in person? Aren't you so happy when that happens? And you're like, oh, I wanted you to be... I wanted you to be the real deal. I'm so delighted to find out that you are. That's how I feel about her today. Just so wonderful. So everything we talked about, you guys, I mean, again, if you don't know Trisha, I don't know what to say, but over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, we'll have this whole episode. We'll have the show notes. We'll have all the links. We'll have links to her album with Garth, her Christmas album. Well, everything you want, Trisha, you go over there, you'll get her. Okay. We'll have it all in one spot for you. That was a bucket list for me guys. So I'm glad you were here for it. Like, I I don't know if you're here. I don't care if none of you listen to this, this is still my favorite. (laughs) Okay, guys, comfort and joy has been so, so, so delightful. More to come. See you guys next week.